Hello, and welcome to the Retro Resolutions podcast. I'm Dylan. This is Matt. And this week, uh, returning from summer vacation, yeah. uh, we our, our topic is just going to be whatever we feel like talking about. I think we're not going to have a very structured episode. Um, but uh, I do. the most structure we're going to have here is that I do still want to talk about what we've been playing lately. Yes. Uh, and I have two specific things. Do you want me to go first? I do. I'm ready okay. to hear this. So I've been camping with my kids, uh, which meant that I brought uh my analog pocket and that was the thing that i i wanted to was that the only thing you brought is this one of those exclusive things or did you bring no i did bring my i I brought my uh play date oh you did yeah but i didn't play very much of it i okay i I played a little bit but uh it's kind of more of a desk toy if i'm being honest so my analog pocket was my i'm playing real video games it's your go-to video game yeah for camping for sure so i have a lot of memories a lot of fond experiences camping with a game boy advance as a kid oh that's awesome uh and so um the analog pocket was was a go-to it's like we're going camping grabbing this this is what i'm doing so uh i kind of bopped around a few different because i've got my everdrive here and i've got a few games loaded as dot pocket files uh on the pocket itself so that was kind of all i I didn't bring any extra cartridges i just brought my everdrive gba and then the games that were loaded gb and gbc games on my uh sd card so i just kind of bopped around some of my games yeah and so I tried a little bit of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which is neat, but I didn't stick with it. I tried a little bit of Wario Land 4, which is a great game, but uh, I have trouble getting into games that aren't that, that don't spike the difficulty quick enough. Like I can't I can't ever stick with a Kirby game because they're just so basic. Right. And so Wario I didn't stick with because it just like wasn't it wasn't challenging me enough quickly enough. <laughs> So, hey, so I fell you know, off that. For you, and especially with your, I would definitely say you are the more skilled gamer, as we both admitted. But uh, <laughs> I can totally, it, you know, respect that that is, you know, where me, it's almost the reverse, where I'm like, ah, oh, this is too challenging. I give yeah. up. So oh, that can happen to me too. But yeah, I just, you know, there's just sometimes like I, I got to get something. It's got to get, got to give me a stronger hook sometimes. In, in Wario so. World, I I would completely agree with you. I remember playing that back in the day and bored yeah. with it. So yeah, I, I it, liked it as a kid. Well just fine. It's great but, music, great graphics, yeah. but the graphics I did not stick with it. Not at all. Uh, then I, I tried a little bit of Mario Tennis, uh, which is yeah. like an RPG tennis game, and that one was yeah. kind of fun. I I plan to stick with that again. But the thing that I I ended up landing on and and really i'm now kind of like in it is uh pokemon sapphire so i uh i've been playing pokemon sapphire and i think i had started it like a few months ago when i first got my pocket and then i kind of fell off around the fifth gym or something so i picked it back up at that same save and it really got me hyped because I'm also uh, getting, I'm going to pick a GameCube up tomorrow. I haven't had a GameCube in a long time. Uh, yeah, and I you about that too. <laughs> I, uh, so I, what I think I'm going to do is after I get the GameCube all modded, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do all the linking that you can do with the Game Boy 
games and the GameCube games, Pokemon. So Pokemon Coliseum and oh, yeah. Pokemon XD, Gale of Darkness, yeah. and even Pokemon Box. I think really? I might try and do a little bit of linking Ooh. amongst the Pokemon games. I don't that even know. Maybe crazy. Pokemon that, Channel. I yeah. think that would be crazy fun. I totally understand that. So I think I'm going to keep playing through Pokemon Sapphire, maybe pick up Leaf Green, you know, play through those games. I might try and, you know, get as many of them as I can. I don't know if I can. I don't think I can get them all. But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try and do a sizable chunk of them. And, uh, and you know, I want to do the GameCube links. That's that's going to be fun. So. So I've been playing Pokemon Sapphire quite a bit. And then the other thing that I've been playing <clears throat> is, uh, and I think you know this about me. I've probably even said it on the podcast before. I'm not a big fan of Final Fantasy VII. <clears throat> right. I think it's kind of like a... We've had hateful words. Uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> not, really, know, not really. I tend to think it's like overrated. I ha- So I've I, I got to come clean. I have never played all the way through the original. I have played all the way through the remake. And I have oh, played yeah. probably the first hour and a half of the original like two times, uh, and I just couldn't get through it. And I think I finally busted through. I, I've yeah. been playing it on my Mister. Wow! On my fancy CRT, and I busted through, and I made it. I'm at. I'm in the sewers yeah. after Don Corneo. Right. Like, cloud cross dresses and and i made it that far so i'm like i'm in it you are uh before i think the place that i used to get stuck is and it's notorious and i just like i got to it and was like this game is designed so terribly i it hasn't like getting over this hurdle will not make me like it anymore yeah because the the experience up to this point isn't that enjoyable Right. And what it is, is that there's like a spot, it's pretty early in the game, there's a spot where you're like leaving the, the sector where uh, where the, like you meet Tifa and Barrett in the underground, like Avalanche's like basement. Yeah. So there's like a, there's like a, you're leaving that area <laughs> and uh there's like this robot hand and and there's like a little maze and and it is not clear because the graphics weren't good enough then no it's not clear that there's like a uh like a phone pole or something like a light pole that is like fallen and is a ramp but in in the graphics make it look like it's a bridge right not a ramp i remember it's been a while but i remember if it's kind of hard to get on the ramp isn't it yeah because of the graphics yeah, it's like oh. it, it the 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 like invisible wall that defines yeah. where the ramp begins Ugh. is not clear because you can walk under it and you can walk below it. And, and that's and the so, problem is you keep going under it thinking. Yeah, you're you don't know where where getting get on. on is. Yeah, so so I used to stop. I got I I googled it. I was just like, you know what? Oh yeah, I got to keep going. I'm clearly doing something wrong. I Googled it and the Google answer was like, yeah, this part sucks. I don't know how anyone ever figured this out. Yeah. Uh, so I got past that. And obviously, like I said, I'm like, I got cloud cross dressed. I, I did the, I, 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 I fell down the pit. And yep. so that's where I'm at right now. Awesome. Um, and 
so I think I just came out of the sewers into the like train yard and there's like a save point right there. Yeah. Uh, and wow. And I'm, I'm kind of liking it. Uh, That's great. and I, and I, I think that it is making me enjoy the remake more, which is so frustrating. It's also making me more annoyed at the remake though. I gotta say, <laughs> because this game goes so at such a faster clip, right? Yeah. Like, they added so much unnecessary garbage to that remake, you know, and, and some of it is fun, like the dance sequence in sure. in the busy the busy bee or whatever the the honey bee. I don't know what it's called. The yeah. the little dance club where you dress up as a girl. Thing, yeah, 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 yeah. Where where you do the little dance sequence? That's a great thing to have added. Yeah. What isn't a great thing to have added is that the after the boss you fight at the bottom of Don Corneo's little trap pit hole. There are t- endless, endless tunnels in the remake, and it is like one room in right. the original. Like, why did they add all this extra junk? Yeah. Uh, and I assume it's so that they could flesh out their battle system a little bit more, because the battle system was new. But yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I have to guess. You know? It's too much. They added too much, too much unnecessary junk. The, the robot hand I was talking about was just like a feature in the graphics of the original. And it is a full-blown, that you do more than once, mini-game in the remake. And it is not good. It no. is in no way enjoyable. So <clears throat> uh, the, the remake is, uh, it's got some great parts to it and also, and also makes me like annoyed because now I'm playing the original and going like, wow, they really just jumped from one thing to the next, and that's great. Yeah. So I, uh, I think yeah, Cloud, is, Cloud is like the least likable character, though, in both versions. I don't understand why don't, people like him. I And I agree with you on, man, I mean, I agree with you on everything you've said. Uh, uh, and, you know, I, you know Final, Final Fantasy VII has a, a near and dear place in my heart. Uh, not as much as... Final Fantasy XI, as, as we've talked before, it's just yeah. that was a huge, my first multi, massive multiplayer online game. And, uh, but, you know, great. Luckily, when I got into Final Fantasy VII, uh, I had people I could talk to. And so when I got stuck at parts, I could get past yeah. them because you're right. If I had been one of those people stuck with uh, a PS1 by myself in my basement playing that game, I would have given up on it, uh, it, you know, for stuff like that, where, yeah, that that whole pole, and I think it was a downed light pole, if I remember correctly, but yeah, whatever like it is on the graphics, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, but it, yeah, I totally remember getting stuck at that point, and, uh, and even getting through the intro is difficult for me, you know, like now when I try to replay it, it's like, Oh, it is so slow to get past that intro for me. But because of my love for the game, I can push through it. But uh, in the remake, you know, I loved a lot of things about it. I loved, you know, the, of course, the updated graphics and everything. But yeah, they threw in so much extra stuff. And it was so hit and miss for me. Uh, and, uh, And it's funny because I finished the original but i've never finished the remake because of the all the extra stuff it just finally got to me and i said 
I had to I had to really push through on the remake. Yeah, good for you. I'm impressed. And I'm I'm really excited that you're playing Final Fantasy VII. I think that's super cool. Uh and uh uh and going back to your Pokemon, uh you mentioned Leaf Green, and that was my first Pokemon game was Leaf Green. So if you Leaf ever go, Green, the remake of the original. Yes. For Game Boy Advance. Okay. Right? I mean it So came so out- yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the the Pokemon games, there was red and blue on the Game Boy. Yes. And then there was uh gold and silver. Yeah. And and Chris well I won't go for the third ones. And then there was Ruby and Sapphire. Yep. And then they went and did remakes of red and blue and they yes. were fire red and leaf green. leaf green. And leaf green, which was for the Game Boy Advance. Which is for the Game Boy Advance, yeah. Okay, thank you. I mean, I'm like, we better make sure my memory is correct. Well, yeah. So the first for that to be your first game was like not insane, but it's a little bit late, I would think. Oh, it was. And the reason it was late, as I think I've told you, is my nephews uh, got into Game Boy or in Game Boy Advance pretty late. Uh, They were they were very. I had given them my GameCube, uh, which I, I still think they have. And if they do, I need to buy it off of them. I'm not going to get free like you, you jerk. And I, still- <laughs> I tried to offer this friend. I tried to offer him like, I was like, do you want me to give you cash? I've got an old game boy. Like I've got, I've got things you. I'd be trade you. I just, I don't and know how you like, find no. these deals. I'm, I'm totally, uh, yeah. well, at least you go out and look too. I have yeah. to give you credit for that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm totally jealous. If there's one system right now that I kind of wish I had as a physical system, it's probably the GameCube. It just, yeah. and I and most of it is, I had so many great memories introducing my nephews uh, to the system and watching them and, you know, both of us, all of us playing, uh, just great memories. And, you know, when I, uh, I had lived with my sister and my two nephews for uh, several years and, helped raise my nephews. I mean, I was literally, uh, before the job that I met you at, I was unemployed for like a year. And like, I literally just, I was, I was the official babysitter. I mean, that was really what I was doing. And, and it was great because I, uh, I obviously don't have kids, but it was great to raise them. And like you, I introduced them to early systems first. You know, I wanted them to see an NES. I wanted them to experience uh, the Game Boy before the Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, they got into Pokemon a little late. And uh, yeah, Leaf Green was just the first game I played through, uh, you know, beat it and and it's probably the one that I collected the most Pokemon with. Uh, I even bought an extractor to extract the game save. Mm. Uh, that company went out of business, and that game save is not compatible. And I've I've been trying to find a converter for it or something because none of the current uh, emulators will accept it as a save. So I'm really kind of heartbroken uh, over do it. Do you have the? You don't have the original cartridge. I don't think I do. Uh, I was gonna say I got I got a way to I've got a dozen ways to dump that cartridge again. Do you do you oh, have yeah. any do you have any of uh, ones for uh, uh, the DS or the 
advance? The advance, yes, and also the DS, yes. I've got ways to dump cartridges and stuff. I'll have to look because I've got a couple other games that I've got that I would like to extract some of the saves from. Uh, I bought one for the DS, but once again, it was like uh, you had to use like Windows 98 drivers for it. Oh, really? So, no, now things are so easy, man. There's so, yeah, with a hacked Wii, you can get in and you can dump. saves over like a over the gamecube link cable you can dump cartridges and saves yep oh that's Uh, awesome with uh i've got a i've got a little thing that i made i ordered a pcb and i ordered a bunch of cartridges and i soldered it all together with an arduino and that dumps it won't dump the rom of a game boy advance it'll only do game boy game boy color roms but it'll do the saves of game boy advance Ooh, wow And I've got a hacked 2DS that will dump ROMs and saves of 3DS and DS games onto an SD card that I can put onto it, and they'll they'll run on emulators. So, so I have a I have a hacked DS XL and a hacked 3DS, but I've never tried to extract game saves using those systems. You absolutely can, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that more, because I I totally need to do that. So, sorry, we got derailed from from Leaf Green. We totally derailed, and that was my fault. Well, I'm just so excited about your game choices. You did really good. Yeah, what about you? What have you been playing? uh, So, uh, a couple things. So, uh, on one of your uh, YouTube videos... In the background, yeah. with your awesome monitors, you had one of the Street Fighter games playing uh, yeah. on its attract mode. And that really got me thinking, because two of my favorites uh, that I really enjoyed were uh, Marvel versus NSK. Uh, have you ever played that one? It's an arcade, uh, and I'm talking arcade here. Um, uh, and I think, you know, they released them on classic editions and things like I that. I think they had a- you are referring to SNK versus Capcom. Maybe. So there was a Marvel versus... or Marvel well, versus no. Capcom. And then there was an X-Men. There was even one that was just like X-Men versus... Street Fighter. X-Men versus Street, Street Fighter. Fighter. And yep. So the X-Men versus Street Fighter was the one that I played uh, the most of uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, while you were camping off grid, <laughs> I was playing. I was playing, uh, and actually, I was playing it on uh, a system we haven't talked about really. Is uh, the uh, the Pimeroni Picade is what? It's oh called. yeah. And you had, of course, uh, put it together for me. Uh, which again, thank you for that because uh, it it's a it was out of my. Uh, skill set for sure uh, when I'd ordered it. But uh, Pimeroni.com, total shout out to them. They make some really great stuff for Raspberry Pis. And this is a uh, bar top mini. It's, it's, you know, it's even smaller. I mean, it's probably half the size of a bar top arcade system, but it's uh, uh, runs off a of Raspberry Pi 4. So it can run uh, some really great arcade games. It can run a you know, a bunch of other systems, but really what it's built for is to play arcade games. And, uh, and I, I just had a blast. I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really good at fighting games as, uh, for sure. If there's one system, one gaming genre that I'm bad at, that would definitely be it. Uh, but I really, 
I loved as a kid or yeah, I think I was a teen by then, but I remember just being able to play X-Men characters against street fighter characters. Yeah. That was so cool. And you know, that they got the license to do that, you yeah. know, it was one of those first things where I was like, yes, license sharing, this is the future, you know, uh, that's totally a franchise that could only oh. have existed from, from like, it, it only exists today because it had already existed. Yeah. Like now, there's no way we would no get a, way. like a brand new Marvel versus Capcom. If it had not already existed, that just wouldn't have yes. happened. And that's, and that's heartbreaking. Cause you're totally right with the licenses now, forget it. But it, uh, yeah, totally fun. Uh, yeah. I so the, really the, enjoyed you know the, the history of that, right? So like back in the nineties, Marvel was like licensing their stuff out like crazy. Yeah. And so they started yeah. with, uh, they started with X-Men Children of the Atom, which was just oh. an X-Men fighting game that basically just used the like Street Fighter Alpha um, fighting engine, I think. Did it? And I, I could be wrong about specifically, but yeah, it was, you know, it was like a CPS 1.5 or a CPS 2. Now, is that 2. the one, is that, the, is that a, oh yeah, that was, that was, you're right. It was a just... You just fought was, against other X-Men characters. It was just X-Men versus That's X-Men. It. Yep. Because we you also had like... the other one where it was a four-player where you just went and battled characters on the screen. And it yeah, was there, X-Men. Yeah, was so there was called? just X-Men the arcade game, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and I loved that one. That was yeah, yeah. classic. That me. one I think might have been Konami, though. I, I kind of think it was because they um, went and did like Simpsons later and it was very similar. Right. Uh, uh i know for sure that turtles and simpsons were konami they use the same literally turtles and turtles and simpsons are the same board with different roms and by the way that's the other game that i played was teenage mutant ninja turtles the original arcade uh and uh so i worked at a movie theater in my small town and we had one of those like kind of mini entryways where there was like enough space for like two video games. And we had Galaga or Galaga, yeah, Galaga, Galaga, sorry, Galaga. Uh, I could be pronouncing I, it wrong. That's a song. No, well, no, no. I think you're right. I think you're right. Cause I, that's what I was questioning was the pronunciation. And then we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was an amazing game, but it had the most annoying attract mode because it would just play the song Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Hero in a Half Shell. And, I mean, it's still in my head, and I obviously can't sing, but it would just play that in the intro of the game over and over and over every, like, 30 seconds. So it was like we would go and unplug it when our manager wasn't around <laughs> because it was just like we couldn't handle the intro. But I, I dumped a small fortune into that game. <sighs> uh because we didn't have the key to it it uh it was uh it was one of those things where our manager like rented out the space and then like an arcade uh guy that owned arcade machines would come in and put them into the space it was really interesting uh this was this was 80s late 80s 90s here so i should date myself but uh they would literally just rent out the little space and you could put and people would they would put out arcade games. So the guy would come and collect his quarters, and then gotcha. the manager, who I think was about as a dirty of a, if 
if this guy could skim off the top of anything, he would. Like he literally yeah. had a special showing of a movie. And like, I'm pretty sure all the money except for paying his employees, uh, which he paid in cash that night, it all went to him. So that's mm. kind of my sketchy manager. But anyway, so I'm pretty sure he got most of the money for this arcade game. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, again, on the, uh, I actually played it both on the Picade and on, no, I just played it on the Picade. I was going to say the Mister. I did, I did quite a bit of gaming on the Mister, but it was pretty random, short bursts of just, yeah, just enjoying the the system. I still am just so in love with the Mister, uh, that, uh, yeah, I just half the time I get on there, I waste so much time not playing a single game. I'm just like, right, oh, because you just load one up and you're like, wow, it loads yeah. like it looks so good it, and yeah, it looks good. It plays. The timing is yeah. so good. And then I you switch away after five like, minutes. You're like, wow, this one, this core looks really good too. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, okay. it's it's uh, it's 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 super great, but it's also yeah, it's just horrible because I every time I get on it, I play probably at most like five minutes a game because I just want to see other games and different systems. So anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the Picade and uh, Marvel or X-Men versus Street Fighter. Uh, great games, super fun. Uh, and yeah, the Capcom System 2, I think is what those were both based off of, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Or at least the the X-Men one was. And uh, I remember when those got like, they, those were, those had, those are one of the first uh, ROMs that were very secure. They had to beat the security on those so that they could be emulated. And I remember when that happened, it was like nerd internet everywhere because people were so stoked that they had beaten the, the, the security on them so that uh, they could be, decoded and emulated which was pretty amazing uh yeah yeah so i i did some googling while you were talking okay so, tell me tell me what you googled so x-men the arcade game the one mm. that's of like a like the turtles and simpsons that one is yeah. is a konami it's like oh the it same. is konami that yeah. makes me that really makes me happy as a yeah. huge fan of Konami that I, I would have assumed that, but I'm glad it was. Man, the X-Men are so cool. Uh then there's X-Men Children of the Atom. Yes. Which is the CPS, the CP system two, the the Capcom uh standardized arcade cabinet system, uh was was where that one started. Uh and then uh Basically, the, that that game uh, started. The, the, it was successful, and so then Marvel allowed them to make X Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah, uh, that one was successful, and they're like, okay, well then let's expand it to more Marvel characters and more Capcom yeah. characters. So they went, you know, and they added Mega Man, and they added yeah uh jill from resident evil and then they've added spider-man and stuff you know so they they expanded the roster i remember playing spider-man and going this is amazing and it was you know it was so cool uh and that's man marvel versus capcom is such a cool franchise that it was kind of got they dropped the ball on it i think with Mm. capcom marvel versus capcom infinite 
it was not a very well received. Really? Yeah. That's too it, bad. It was. It, it's. It's just not. It just wasn't a well, which is a bummer because that that franchise is so cool. Oh, it was. Uh, I mean, for me as as a teen slash kid in the late eighties and nineties, uh, it was cool. You know, in in small town, you know, Idaho. It, you know, we didn't have a lot of exposure, so I uh, to to whether a game was good or bad, but uh, yeah, you know, I still remember. You know, this is pre-internet, uh, which is crazy. But I remember calling up helplines for like the Nintendo helpline and calling up like the Sega Genesis helplines to like get help on a video game that I was playing. You know, there was no internet, there was no googling. You had to call. Sometimes wait and pay. By I was going to say, isn't it like a pay per minute? It was on, and on my the Nintendo parents, hotline. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was blowing my allowance by the minute, you know, it was like, it was bad. And it was, uh, there's a really cool Google, uh, a video on YouTube out there, and I'll have to Google it, but, uh, uh, and maybe we can list it in our notes or something. But there's a really cool video that this guy filmed of the kids who worked there playing, they're playing video games and they're taking calls. And it was like, that had to be the coolest job ever, especially a phone job. I mean, they're literally just sitting there on CRT screens in front of them in their little booths, playing video games and talking to people like me, calling to figure out how to, you know, uh, get I think yeah, I is that the one? Have you ever seen like there were like binders where people had like written out maps? Like they they had built their own maps guides oh, that yeah. they were referencing when they were talking to kids on the phone. Like that's really cool. Oh, it totally is. And I I remember Nintendo Power where you would get you know maps that were built of screenshots from the game and that was the coolest thing you know because once again we didn't have the internet and looking up maps like we do now uh and most of us as kids we would map out games and and i man i wish i would have kept these or not lost them but we would you know do our own diagrams of like maps especially on rpg games and like me and my friends we would compare with each other our maps and you know, oh, this is way off. You're off by a room, and we'd have a huge dis- nerd discussion on, you know, what was where in an RPG game that we were playing. And it's just like, man, that was, you know, that was a lot of the fun. And I think that the internet has ruined that in some ways. You know, it's so easy to look up everything now that it's. Uh, uh, I'm glad that I didn't have that as a child. I'm glad I have it as an adult. <laughs> yeah so it's kind of one of those weird things where growing up i'm glad i didn't have it but now it's great because i i have to look up everything so it's, oh yeah it's, it's uh like Elden Ring, I, I would have never gotten half as far as i did on Elden ring you know without the 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 wonderful youtube hour-long youtube videos <laughs> that i was watching you know it's it like crazy. It's different, right? Because it used to be the, you know, to find out which bush you need to burn with the candle in Zelda, uh, you just found out, like, you either, I guess, called Nintendo and paid, 
That's right. For, or, you know, either call or, or you talk to your friends or you talking to friends, talk to friends on the, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was pre-internet days and that, that kind of stuff was, uh, was just one, one, it was just the way things were done. And, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's just evolved, I guess, with the internet. Now games are just a different experience. And, um, and that's true. You're right. I think that games have evolved with the internet where, yeah. you know, if you go back like us and playing retro games, now we have so many options. It's like you can look up old Nintendo Power uh, yeah. issues if you want. You can look up the direct solution if you want. Uh, or oh, you can man. choose not to look up, you know. So... Anything. It's up to you. Right. So, like, there's games, like, today. I really, really appreciate games that, like... Uh, have I shown you before, like, certain games? Like, I've drawn stuff no. in notebooks. Really? I don't know. Oh, let's see I if I can find, like... Uh, let's see if I can find... Oh, yeah. Here it is. I've got, I've got this very cool King of the Jungle Donkey Kong wow. graph, graph notebook that I use for my game notes. That's fantastic. Uh... Ooh, and actually, this one, this one has my prototype puzzle uh, that I did in the newspaper for my wife. I, I invented a type of steganography. Are you kidding? No, amazing. <laughs> I invented a type of steganography for my wife's puzzle last year for Christmas, and then published wow. these pictures in the newspaper. That's, and that and ad space so that she had to like look up these things and decrypt them and uh, so anyway that was my prototyping phase there anyway uh, so the game I've played most recently that I think I love because of course you can Google these today and so you you just you choose not to in that's order right to, that's right uh, yeah to get to get a similar experience from when you were a kid uh, and actually this one's not all that long this is just one page front and back but uh this game the game i played most recently that that has had me do this is uh tunic mm. which is a I game about a, oh it's it's inc- it's incredible uh it is it is a very heavily inspired by like link to the past zelda okay um, it's, it's a modern game it's tunic? a it's a new game yeah okay. uh came out i don't know six months ago uh, maybe even less, and uh, it is it is a wild video game because it is very heavily leaning on the nostalgia of what it was like in the eighties. To what it's like is if you had imported <laughs> Zelda from Japan in the eighties, and yes. whoever you bought it from had the instruction manual included, but in the instruction manual they had like made notes. In Fun. in like half English, yes, on the page, right. And so in the game, it comes with a in-game manual that you push this what is used to be the select button, and it pulls up this manual that you can flip through. And the manual is like that Japanese. It's not Japanese. It is a made-up language. Uh, wow. Is the manual. Um, and some of it's in English, right? Like Japanese stuff used to be. Some of it's in English. Some of it's got little notes in it. And Fun. you don't have all the pages. You collect the pages in the game. Wow. And it helps you piece more and more of the puzzle together as you as you collect those pages. And <clears throat> this game has 
like a like the the game is a puzzle like you play through the game and there's combat and there's stuff you're you know unlocking and and stuff like that but then also deciphering the mystery of the world you're in involves solving puzzles with that in-game manual and like i took a bunch of notes about uh, how ooh, the I game works yeah you've got like you've got like maps that you, you know, i mean what i'm seeing is like little maps and yeah notes. that's what's really cool. oh man that's i mean i can't say anything else i have i have written here's here's one here's just this note that i wrote oh, this is yeah. share wisdom, share wisdom golden path a golden holy path cross. holy cross. i just that wrote is. that down and was like oh i guess i gotta <laughs> gotta do that uh, and they sure do look like maps, don't they? And then here's they do. Here's me. Here's me deciphering some sort of some sort of code about. Oh wow! That was a windmill. This is that some is numbers. Really cool. These, these these are numbers in a grid, like. So the numbers in the other... grid was that a puzzle? Oh yeah, I guess it, it was. It, it is directly related to this puzzle. And he, and what he's showing me is like yeah, this picture of like a. Uh, like you, you would yeah, almost here. look like a, a regular, you know, tabletop puzzle. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it is. I can't say anything more about how how that works because it That's will crazy. spoil it. But uh, and this game's called I, Tunic. Tunic, yeah, T U N I C. Wow. Uh, and it's available on Xbox Game Pass and pc and it's probably going to be available on playstation maybe it already is i'm, I'm honestly not sure i played it on game pass um, I, man i can't believe we haven't talked about this that sounds oh, super fun i'm gonna have to super check cool it out. i love a video game that requires you to draw notes and, yeah. and like, write stuff down the the last time i loved a game for its note requirement as much as tunic was fez, fez. have you ever played fez fez F no fez no oh oh man you gotta play fez it's wow. like a, it's like a decade or more old and it is it is like that it is wow. so good the, the main gimmick of the game <clears throat> this is not a spoiler the main gimmick of the game is that you're it's like a 2d platformer right okay. and uh and then if you push a button the whole world rotates 90 degrees Oh wow! And That's and nuts. then it's still a two D platformer, but you're looking at the side of something, right? Of and it the, rotates, of the, of the and you can rotate game. everything uh, by ninety degrees every wow. single time. So, uh, it, and then there's there's the game is just exploring based on that mechanic, and there's this insane deep puzzle to the whole thing. It is really good. Crazy. And that one almost classifies as retro at this point. I was uh, going to say, I know, right? Uh, and that one, uh, what systems are that one on? And what did you play it on? If you oh, uh, it is on everything. Is it? That, oh boy, it's probably not on, well, it's definitely on PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, Xbox 360, and PC. Okay. I don't know if it, it's probably been updated to be sure. on like PS4 and Xbox One. I'm not sure. Let's see. 
Oh, it is on PS4. Okay. Uh, Is it on Steam, Steam, you think? It's definitely on Steam, and it's on Switch. I kind of want to, you know, I'm still waiting for my Steam Deck, but when I get it, that sounds like a really fun game to try. Oh, when you get your Steam Deck, you should get Fez and Tunic and just... Yeah, and Hades. I'll be done. I'll be, like, You'll be stacked. Yes. Uh, Uh, Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Fez is really good. I mean, Tunic's yeah, really I'm good. Check that out. That sounds really neat. Uh, I love I love writing dang wow. uh, notes about video games. Well, <laughs> the game makes me... me write a note, you know. Oh, and I agree. I mean, you know, all the old school games. I mean, that's you had to do that for almost everything, uh, you know. And we would. And I, I mean, this what makes me sad is what I wish I, I, and one of the reasons I still wish I had this is I had one of those old school trapper keepers. Uh, you probably didn't have one of those, but they were. No, there's, there's an episode of South Park where, where Cartman's got a yes. magic trapper keeper. He, yeah. Okay. There you go. Good. Okay. You've seen that. Episode. Trapper keepers are just fancy named folders, right? They're just like a folder well, that looks cool. They kind of had, they had plastic on them. And then they yeah. would have pictures, and so you could buy different. And it had a fold-over Velcro, so it would fold over and hold it all together. And it had yeah. a three-ring binder inside the middle, and you, you know, you would put like a pencil holder, like a little bag that had or, like, yeah, the yeah. holes punched out. So you would put like all your pencils and like your pens and erasers and all that in there. And then of course you would put just regular paper in there but trapper keepers yeah you know you know and i i would love to have that original trapper keeper just because you know in in school it was a very cool thing to have a trapper keeper i mean it's kind of sad but it really did you have this did you have this space one or did you have a star trek one i'm pretty sure i had just like a generic space one you know, okay, I see this it. one. There's there's like original Trapper Keepers, and it's got one with a unicorn, like a generic unicorn, not oh, like yeah. a branded My totally. Little Pony or whatever. It was. And totally then like generic. a space one. Yeah. And then there's like a palm tree one. Yeah, the palm tree one. I remember that one. And But yeah, I had the space one. I always, okay. of course, went for space. Oh, yeah. And who could blame but, you? Yeah. But it was, yeah, they were great. And uh, anyway. We had these, we had these folders. So these weren't, I mean, they were trapper keepers, but they were like, they had like cardboarded them up. Like they, they, they got cheaper and cheaper by the time I used trapper keepers mm. and they, they had this like generic image of some, like, it was like three colors, a brown or tan was the paper color. Uh. And then there was like a black and a blue ink on it. And it was just some like people doing sports right so there were like some track guys on it there was like some like a dude throwing a frisbee and then there was like a football player in in a full full pads and that was that was what trapper keepers were for me okay and i can understand your you know the the non interest in those but uh okay so one of the things i wanted to throw out back to arcades or video is I was reading an article and the guy was talking about how, how we define like, you know, what our favorite systems are, what our favorite games are. 
And there's, you know, there's a lot of context too. you know, what age you were, you know, uh, yeah. you know, the friends that I had at the time, even that, you know, uh, affected what games of course I was into. And, uh, but one of the things that he, I thought really, I liked how we talked about this was that for him, uh, and this is what I want to talk about is, uh, for him, what defined it, his favorite game system, home game system was the controller. Hmm. And so if you had to pick a game system purely based on the controller that came in the box, no, no, I bought this really cool controller. I bought the Nintendo glove. It, it's what controller, uh, would you look back on? And say, yeah, that was the one that I experienced the most games on. And if I had to pick my favorite, this is it. What would you? Oh, okay. Oh, no. I hate this because. It's a tough one. Because the answer is definitely not Nintendo 64. Uh, (laughs) And boy, I cannot agree with you more. I'm still mad at that controller. I, you know, I think that controller's better than everyone gives it credit for, but it's (laughs) still not, it's not even anywhere close to the best controller. No. Um, I, so, okay. I got a lot of, I got some opinions about controllers. I think the best. Yes, you do. And you have hangups on controllers. So that's why I I wanted to throw this out. I think the best single controller that has ever been made is the Xbox Series controllers right i think that that is as a single get the job done controller over the longest period of time this is the best it is and i would agree Um, with you when it comes to and and i would say that that's a modern controller uh so i agree with that you are why you're categorizing it this way but but and it is a great controller what is what am i most fun it's it's like a tie it's like a tie between the snes controller and the gamecube controller Wow. And Explain. I don't think the GameCube controller is even that good. Yeah. But it is. It is. So here, I actually, I've got one. This is not a GameCube controller. And this, and I will explain using this not a GameCube controller, which looks very much like a GameCube controller. It does. Yeah. Why it is not as good as a GameCube controller. And what, and, and that will explain why the GameCube controller is somehow special. Okay. This not a GameCube controller. Uh, <clears throat> has the buttons in the right places it does. it's added it's added a, a alternate to the z button on the left and and that actually is squishier and has more throw than the z button i don't love it the z button was kind of just a clicky yes button akin to the like bumpers uh, um, on the xbox um 361 and and uh series controllers uh, but this controller uh, has a failure in one key spot that the GameCube controller excelled at and what made the GameCube controller good. And that is that these triggers are are just like a, a button. They're a, uh, they're a binary button. They're either being pushed or not being pushed. Yeah, there was no gradation at all. Right. And, and no, I guess the PS5 controller gets the closest, but no controller before or since the GameCube controller has done this thing that is so cool. And that is, the GameCube controller had squishy, pressure-sensitive buttons, and they weren't squishy. Like they were like a consistent level of resistance from, from the beginning to the end, right yeah. up until at the very bottom, it clicked. 
and it became a regular button at the bottom. So oh, you can, yes. so, so like an example of why this was cool or what, what this did for you was that in Super Mario Sunshine, as an example, you had your squirter, right? You had yeah. your flood and it would spray water. Squirter jet <clears throat> And you could, you could choose yeah. how much you were squirting with how much pressure you put on the controller. And Mario could still run if you were pushing it all the way up until you got to the button. And then he would oh. plant his feet and stay there if and you pushed the button. And then you could aim it, right? And then, yeah, and then you could aim it in whatever direction because he would stick. Because he would uh, stick, yeah. And yeah, then, but if you, wanted, if you wanted to run around while spraying water, you would just not push the button and you would spray a, like half power or you could spray almost entirely full power but just don't push the button at the bottom. Yeah. And I liked that. I thought that was great. Um, I also think the audacity of just putting like one big button that's green in the middle of where your thumb lands is like a great design choice. It Uh, was was cool. I, I, I totally respect that. Uh, I also, I have a love hate relationship with the octagonal gate on it. Uh, I think it is octagonal, right? Yeah, it has to be. Um, so it's got like these notches. You can hear it. Right? Like in a, on a uh, PlayStation or an Xbox or even a Switch controller, it is a circle. So yeah. when you when you rotate the stick, it's just a smooth circle. The circle. GameCube controller yeah. had like a little gate of plastic around it so that you notched it in, in eight directions. You could go up, down, left, right, or the diagonals. You could still do 360 degree like distinction by rolling it in between the notches, but it kind of had these notches to help you like stick in a direction. I liked that about it. I don't think it's maybe necessarily the best design choice, but I liked it. And and I think a lot of video games smartly designed for that, you know, with the notches, I, uh, where, it felt like an advantage to have those notches in the game right. on the GameCube because of that, where if you were to play that on a other system, it would not feel the same at all because it wasn't designed for it. Yeah. The, the GameCube controller, I also feel like was the last controller they made that was like fun in its design. Mm. I guess the Wiimote sort of, but the Wiimote looked so like, apple-like and it's like in its its uniformity in its yes. in its uh uh what do you call that where things are the same on one side as the other yeah i, I mean uh, I, all i can think of is uniformity there's, so there's yeah. a word for it it starts with an s and i'm just blanking on it that's embarrassing but yeah it's it's just it's got a very uh it's got a very like rigid, clean design to it. That's that's they, they sort of fun sucked, despite the fact that it was like a very like whimsical use. Its yeah. design itself was very like clean and and rigid. And a lot of the game controllers now are trying to look really cool and sleek. And uh, and I thought the GameCube controller was just like. Just it was just fun. It was just a fun design. It was, uh, and, and we and, moved away from that. And so, truthfully, you know, uh, at the at 
at the time that I was playing it, I liked that the controller, especially compared to the N64 controller, is it felt comfortable to hold for a long yeah. period of time. Like it's got the dual sticks, you know, the dual kind of handle things for both hands and it just felt good, you know? And like you said, that green button is just right there. And, yeah. and once again, uh, programmers programmed, I think for that, you know, that, uh, for the controller as a whole. And so, uh, many of the games just felt natural that you had that big button right there. And that was the one you were going to use the most. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah, there's no question, like, we use the X button on a PlayStation controller or the A button on an yeah. Xbox controller the most. But why? It's not in any more convenient of a location really? than no, no. any of the rest. The but, GameCube, though, there's no doubt. The no, A button, like, the big green one, the, that's yeah, the button you're using the it. most. This is it, right here, yeah. And like you said, the audacity of that is so fantastic, but it's true. It's just... Uh, yeah. Hey, I, you know, I, I'm really glad that you chose a different controller than I did. Uh, and I, and, well, and, yeah. I, and I totally respect it. You know, now that you talked about it, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, maybe, you know, once again, I want to go back to the. So what, what, I don't know what, what did you pick? What is so yours? For me, and for me, it was more, and I like that you went for design and aesthetic where I went for more of my, romanticism of well look there's 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 no i'm not going to shy away from the fact that i love the gamecube for yes. a lot of other reasons and i think yes and i think for our age difference too i think that the gamecube was uh uh you know for me that system was such a neat shared experience with my nephews but i was you know uh it was it was definitely uh not a system I would say that I grew up with, you know, like yeah. the Nintendo or the SNES and the Sega Genesis, which for me, uh, it, I, part of me, and I was torn. I had to really think about this after reading this article because I was like, man, I really want to go with this or this. And for me, it was almost a tie. I ended up going with the, Sega Genesis six button. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, which I don't know if that would be, if that meets my criteria of came in the box, because it, it really did kind of come afterwards. Uh, and I think there were ones that you could buy with the six button later, like the version two and stuff like that. I had the original Sega Genesis. So I'll even say the, the original three button version. Uh, but that controller was one of the first that uh, one. It was a that was a big system for me growing up, and I played the Sega Genesis a ton, and I loved the design of it, uh, the feel of it in your hand compared to other ones was just really great, and just the accuracy of it just seemed so good. And I don't know if that's really true. But at the time, it felt like it. Like, this has got the most responsive buttons. The buttons were bigger than, say, the Nintendo. And and also remember, the Sega Genesis was out for a year before Nintendo decided to release the SNES. And so uh, for my generation, 
that was bad news. I mean, people were kind of mad at Nintendo for waiting for that year. And if I remember correctly, it took Nintendo for another year or two to catch up with the sales of the Sega Genesis because uh, people were so mad at Nintendo. Sega does what Nintendo don't. Yeah, that's right. All those great commercials. I mean, they were, Sega did some really smart commercials with. uh, I have uh, to tell you about something. Okay. Tell me. I think I think that the six button controller obviously in functionality is like yes. better than the three button one functionally. Yes. But I think the three button one has a better design. I do too. But tell so, me why you think so. I I I think it's like boomerang like design is is more fun. Oh, and, right. uh, uh the kidney bean shape of the six button is is I mean, obviously, this is what ended up going into like the the Saturn was like you did. the yeah. the kidney bean the kidney bean. Well, hold on, let me pull the Saturn. And the Saturn is Saturn's a, a little bit less control. kidney bean shaped. It's and it it's is. great. It is, but they were clearly like iterating. Yes. Um, this is a Saturn controller. And that it, I've got it, in yeah, my you're showing me a Saturn one where the the top three buttons are smaller. Uh, yeah. Than the than the closer Which three is buttons. So Close-ish to what the six button did, right? This... Well, am I not remembering? For for some reason, I'm remembering the original uh, six button. All all six buttons were the same size. Am I am uh, I imagining incorrectly, or did they make? Let me just. Smaller? I'm googling. Uh, okay. I think that the. I think they that the. Smaller? The X, Y, and Z buttons were like a little bit smaller. Oh, were and they? Then, okay. Yeah. And, and, and pretty so close my, Pretty close to this. So, and honestly, you know, that totally changes my decision then. I would hands go down with the three button. Because, okay. I, you know, for me, I loved the big three buttons. And that was the one that I got, of course, with my Gen 1 Sega Genesis. Uh the the six one i always felt like it felt crowded you know it was like ah and on i get it for like fighting games it was yeah so i was just about to say for fighting games i think that the six button like incredible yeah and uh and my friend and uh you know once again i wasn't into fighting games that much especially i loved playing them at the arcade but i definitely didn't buy many uh especially on the sega genesis uh but I remember all my friends that were into fighting games like immediately went out and bought that six button one, and rightfully so. But uh, and there was also some great stick, you know, uh, stick arcade stick type uh, add-ons that you could buy. But those, I, I don't know if Se- I don't think Sega ever made one. I think they were all third party, if I remember correctly, for the Genesis. So, so Sega has an official partnership with retrobit which has made this uh they made this uh sega saturn controller i have they they are making like they're not they're not a hundred percent accurate but they're like really 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 close uh they're they're making they're they're making like remakes of sega controllers and some of them are they're working with sega wired yeah some of them are like the straight up wired for you can use wow uh, and Retrobit, this is new, so I'm really excited to be telling you this about about this now. Yeah, Retrobit is making a controller in partnership with Sega called the Big Six, and it wow. is the three button controller 
in design and shape and function <laughs> with six buttons. I am probably going to have to buy that. I'm just going to have to own that. That's amazing. Now, yep. does it only work with Sega Genesis or does it work with, is it Bluetooth? How does it work? So they have a wired original. Oh, so it works with original Genesis. They have a wired USB Ooh. and a wireless 2.4 gigahertz with a USB dongle or sure. a Sega Genesis dongle. Wow. So, you, so they've you got the... You could do any of them. That's really. fantastic. The only I, one it doesn't look like they have is a Bluetooth version. It doesn't look like they're doing that. And honestly, uh, you know, I am. Eight bit really proved to me that 2.4 gigahertz can really work. I mean, I've been really yeah. impressed with their response. It's better in latency than, than Bluetooth. Is it? See, yeah. I thought it was just from playing my own games, but on it. There are days when I wonder, you know, am I really imagining this at this point? But uh, so that's really cool. That's awesome. The, the Big Six is available for pre-order and comes out in October of this year. Uh, another another thing that I'm waiting on. But I, I'm going to, yeah, send me the link yeah. if you don't mind again. Oh, I, yeah. I've got I've to pre-order that. That is really fantastic. Actually. Yeah. The, the wireless one is late November. And the wired ones are October. It's but a, yeah, I, okay, wow. You you were talking about this as your favorite controller, I and I, I just I just had been I've been digging around RetroBit site lately. Uh, I can't believe you. Yeah, I can't believe and, you saw this. This is really, and it, really I I just I couldn't believe this is what you were saying because I was like, well, this sounds exactly like what Matt wants. This does truly. So, I totally am gonna get this. This is really yeah. This is yeah. Wow. I, that is too funny, uh, which fits in our summer vacation randomness. But I, the other thing that the last thing I want to say about this controller is that it was wired and, you know, for retro gamers, I know that that's kind of a, uh, a, a lot of people, of course, absolutely prefer it. And I totally get it. And there are some systems that I do try to do wired, you know, uh, but this was, you know, this one, you know, it was one of the last ones that I remember that was like, yeah, this is wired. Wireless wasn't a thing. In fact, there was some wireless stuff out there in the world, but it was like, right. It was, uh, IR infrared. Thank you. Yeah. That was what so I, was I had, <clears throat> I wish, I don't know what happened to it. My Genesis came from my uncle. I played it at his house when he, I was yeah. a kid. And and when he, and he gave had a 32X, it to me, thirty two X, didn't he? With yeah, it? I have a thirty two X with Doom. See, this is you and your luck. I just I don't get uh, it. Yeah, and he I don't know what happened to it. He gave it to me, and it came with the wireless mm. receiver and six button control, at least one yeah. six button controller. I think two. Wow. Uh, which sucked. If I were being completely oh, yeah. honest, they sucked. Infrared but... was terrible. <clears throat> But it had them, and I don't, I don't know where they went. They're lost to history at this point, uh, and I'm sad about it. It would be cool cause... just to have them. Yeah. Because infrared is, of course, obviously not a thing anymore for this type of stuff, and, and it's right. a good thing. But it is, it's totally a cool piece of history because they were bad. I mean, they, uh, yeah, they were just bad. Uh, 
you want to talk about latency and and uh, gaming, but uh, yeah, it. But I love that this was a wired controller. The buttons, uh, I you know one thing I have, and and it maybe it's because of my me and my uh, growing simplicity in gaming, but I often like games that have or le- least use the most buttons. So nowadays I feel like, like the Xbox controller, I agree with you. It's an amazing controller and uh, it's great that it has 20 buttons or whatever, but uh, you know, I, I, I tend to like games that are like a B and your direction. I, and you know, yeah, totally. uh, And uh, when games try to use all those buttons, it drives me insane. And uh and often, off, honestly, I usually give up on those games. But uh, so, I made a YouTube video about this PlayStation original PlayStation controller. Yes, talk that, about that. Yeah, so I made this YouTube video about it. Uh, it's just a mod kit that you can get from Eight Bit Doe that uh, that basically swapped the circuit board inside, and it turns and it into makes a Bluetooth, Bluetooth, right? Bluetooth, yeah, Bluetooth wireless controller, and and it's kind of neat. Uh, it was just a fun little thing to do because I, I have these controllers. I wasn't really using them. I can switch it back if I want. I got a comment on that YouTube video that was like, why? Really? Why? why? Well, you could use a better controller that has Bluetooth already and it's got more buttons and analog sticks. And I was like, because there's tons of games that don't need it. And Oh, I love that controller. It, once again. I think it's a yeah. And actually, this, quite frankly, has a lot of buttons on it. It does. Uh, But it didn't have the analog sticks, which... It didn't have analog sticks. I loved loved that it, you know... I love that that system came out going, analog, what's this? We're just... This is our controller, you know? And it was still wired, and... Yeah, yeah, and... It was cool. I I agree with you. I think think a good... Like, Sonic the Hedgehog really only needs one button, right? Right. You had one button and a D-pad, and... You're good. That's, You're golden. That's good enough. That's right. uh, you know, Mario Mario needs only two buttons. I guess Mario World, three buttons, pretty sure. much. Uh, <clears throat> I think those are great. I think... Uh, oh, absolutely. Yep. There's plenty of... Like, Celeste is a modern game that, that doesn't... It, it needs only, like, one button. Uh, yeah. And, and obviously a D-pad. Like... Adding more buttons does not make your game better. Of course, if you have a game that requires a lot of buttons, that doesn't make it bad. That's true. Absolutely. And and yeah, no dig against, you know, there are some games that do use all of those buttons and and they're great games, you know, because they use them in a timely and efficient way and that changes the way that makeup works. So I like that those buttons are there. But I also like the fact that very few games use most of those buttons. And, you know, there are some games that, you know, uh, the analog sticks, of course, are great for 3D games for me. Uh, You know, I know a mouse and keyboard is technically easier and better. And and again, I respect people for playing 3D type uh, POV. Is that it? Uh, Type games? FPS. Yeah. First person shooter thank you yes that's what i'm point of view is not pov is like it it, it would be fps p 
POV probably. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. But yeah, you know that 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 first person point of view, thank you, uh type games. Uh but I, I, I honestly love using the analog sticks for those. And I think oh, it's really yeah. fun, you know. And and third person point of view. That's what I was thinking of. Third person point of view yeah. where you <clears throat> are like Elden Ring where you're behind the person and up above kind of and looking down and I uh, will say analog is great. In playing Game Boy Advance games, I do kind of wish the Game Boy Advance had more face buttons. Really? Yeah, because the Game Boy Advance only had two face buttons and L and R. That's right. And I do think that they could have used four four face buttons and L and R and just made it way more like an SNES. Right? See, I would argue that I would wish that it had four face buttons and no L and R. That would have made me happy. So one of the great things about the analog pocket is that you can remap <laughs> L and R to the two extra face buttons for Game Boy Advance games. That so there are games great. like Tony Hawk. I, I Tony Hawk is oh, way better yes. because you can do the face buttons and no L and R. Uh, Honestly, if I had realized that, I would have definitely pre-ordered that. I'm totally mad now. Uh, that it's, that, it's that a great sells little it to me. That's how cool that is. <laughs> In later in later firmwares, it's supposed to be able to remap all the buttons to be any but any other button, which is cool. Uh, but but honestly, the L and R to the two other face buttons is enough for me. Um, I and I and I can see why you would say that, that more buttons would be you know, but like, like even six buttons would have been fine. But oh, six four. buttons were too, too much. Four four would have been perfect. But uh, the 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 reason that I think the Game Boy Advance would have been better with those extra two extra buttons is that like there were so many SNES games that were ported that had to have like changes made so that it could work with two less buttons than the SNES had. Yes, and yeah. you know like Tony Hawk's a great example of other games that would have been better if it had face buttons. Yes. Uh, because some of those, some of the ways you had to do combinations of buttons was like complicated, and it would be okay instead of just L and B, I could have just done X, right? Yes. And that would have been better. I, and that makes, and you're right. I didn't even think about the the SNES ports, but you're right. That would have been uh, a huge difference. And when I mean six buttons, I mean you're still getting rid of the left and right, you know, so that you, oh, you yeah. add like. You know, I, I'm not a big, like left and right. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I mean, mo- once again, most games use those rarely or like, you know, oh, it's throw a grenade or something simple. I don't mind the triggers. Uh, if that makes, yeah. you know, am I differentiating those well enough? You know, you've got your left, right shoulder buttons, and then you've got your triggers. Uh, triggers make sense to me, especially on, first person games or third person point of view games uh awesome but uh when they introduce the left right just by itself yeah i just oh i always had wished that those had been you know just face buttons and yeah i think i think they've got their place i think that the analog pocket has the exact perfect button layout um, uh, four face buttons and L and R buttons. Uh, How does it feel in, in this? And you're right. That is a big makeup of it. 
is how does it feel when you're holding the controller and you've got your your index fingers on the left and right you know and i think that makes a big difference i you know truthfully the the pocket Nails isn't it. perfect no i i wouldn't say it doesn't nail it uh, oh, i don't think it does uh it's 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 as good as you could possibly get it in this form factor right gotcha. but but it's it's slightly cramped for my uh average to average you know, medium to medium large sized male hands yeah uh i'm six, i'm six foot basically uh i'm rounding up like a quarter of an inch but yeah i'm, I'm so i'm six foot <laughs> you're rounding up <laughs> yeah we, of course you know, sure, uh, absolutely. So my my hands are approximately that size, right? For for a six foot guy, yeah. Uh, and so it gets a little bit cramped. If if it were the if it were the the form factor like a Game Boy Advance, you know, that would yeah. be so much better in my opinion for for comfort for me because the face buttons, uh, or sorry, the, the shoulder buttons would be a little bit more like elongated like the original game boy advance was and that would work a little better this works about as well as it did on the game boy advance sp maybe even a little bit better than the game boy advance sp because it's like slightly wider but ultimately it's not great it's not bad i I loved the, the game boy advance sp but i once again the shoulder buttons were not these are very similar to the Game yeah. Boy Advance SP shoulder buttons, like both in look comparison. and feel. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, and speaking of other shoulder buttons, is what did you think about the Vita's shoulder buttons? Oh man, I thought they were adequate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're. I they're... love their buttons. I love their. I loved the controls overall on the Vita. But I, I did. I, they were, they were under adequate for me. They were just slightly oh, really? in the par. Uh, I yeah, yeah. They're not the worst. The, but I they're found not myself good. sliding off of them a lot, and so oh, okay. that's, you know what I mean. Like if you're playing and your your hand slips, or sure. if I'm playing a long game that doesn't use them a lot, I would actually you know put my index fingers underneath the system to kind of help hold up the system. Versus yeah. having them just perched up there, you know? Yeah, so I actually put them, like, I put my fingers, like, just behind the shoulder buttons. Yeah. On the on the Vita. And then if I need to use it, I pull them up. Uh, they're fine. I don't know. They do the job, I guess. Yeah. So the PSP, they're very similar to the PSPs. And they are. Although the PSP, I really liked the bigger, you know, those bigger clear buttons that they had for shoulders. I mean, they're, they're kind of the same on the Vita. Oh, they kind of are, aren't they? Yeah, they're clear. Mine are a little foggy because it's a well-used Vita, but and it, yeah. and that's and that's uh, the LED model, right? The yeah, the OLED, yeah. OLED, yes. Yeah, O-L-E-D. this is the OLED model. Um, yeah, now you got. I don't. I don't have an LCD model. Hold on, I've got the LCD one. And I oh, you do. Maybe the LCD models are worse. Well, you know, you're right. It does have the clear buttons. Those look very similar to what I've got. They kind of do, don't they? You know. Uh, yeah. And probably about the same thickness. Yeah. They're fine. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them any praise. Yeah, but I also don't know that they are bad. 
Yeah, no, you know, honestly, uh, now that I have it sitting in my hands, uh, I want to, I actually want to play the Vita. Uh, yeah, the Vita's the best. <laughs> again, and you know, I just. I think they're, I think they're better than the DSs. Yeah, they are actually. I yeah. agree. Yeah, now, you know what? They're like a billion times better than the 2DS. The 2DS's shoulder buttons are absolute garbage. Yes. This this thing, this the pizza oh, wedge, man. you know, like the, the Oh yeah, the that's right. Stop. You've got one of those wedge one, the door wedge ones. Yeah, yeah it's the, this thing's shoulder buttons are bad. Are they? Oh. Yeah, yeah they're, they're way bad. up there because of the the way this Right. And that's that, that's too. actually not that big of a problem. They they like they like wrote the the pivot point is in the wrong spot because they come like way down the radius oh. is too far they, they're just they like yeah look, it just look how far awkward. down they come look at that and it's yeah it's huge too wow uh I, yeah big, i don't think I've ever, yeah. i mean i think I, the only time i've seen one of those is in the store i actually wanted one but you know i, I like i said i've got the dsxl uh and it's and it, Actually, I like the form factor of the XL. You know, yeah. for my bigger hands, it's actually pretty great. Uh, but uh, but yeah, now that I'm holding my Vita, it, I'm not. Once again, I feel like when I was playing it for long periods of time, it was bothering me. But now that I'm holding it, it's kind of like yeah, not as bad as I remember. So yeah, I definitely, I'll definitely have to uh, add this to my. Uh, games that i've played the last couple weeks and i'll have to play something on yeah. this uh it's been a while actually since i've done my vita so yeah. uh I, I, one more thing at least at least one more thing um okay. this one goes long i don't care whatever uh yeah just, we are long but that's it's okay. summer vac it's summer vacation it's summer vacation and, and you know it's been weeks and weeks, right so uh we gotta make up so I was I went garage sailing. So I got, as you know, I got COVID. Yeah. I went on this work conference. Part of my summer vacation was actually I I, I had Ooh. I had I had summer vacation. Then I went to a work conference, and then had more vacation. I came back from that work conference with COVID. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know it until like a day later. Brutal. And. Uh, so I, I went, I came back on a super late Thursday night. Like, honestly, it was like 1 a.m. Friday morning that I got back home. And so crazy. I had, I had Friday all day, was hanging out with my wife, having a good time. Uh, Saturday, uh, the kids went to, to hang out with their grandparents and my wife was at work. So I was alone and I went out in garage sale at, in the in my town i just went and visited all these garage sales is this where you went and found the records that i should have bought yeah oh. well I, yeah, next time next time just call me wake me oh up. okay sorry i oh, no 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 you didn't know i didn't know uh, i just i saw all these records and and oh. i was like oh matt might like these but i didn't know so i didn't buy any yeah well and next yeah, time you i would have known but now you uh, know some of my likes and stuff so that's yeah. better the uh so i went garage sailing and the wow. first place i went <clears throat> i found this this 19 inch phillips crt yeah. for 10 bucks the guy was like oh, i just want to get it out of here you could talk me down i was like no no, no. you can have your 10 dollars it's fine yeah totally just take my 10 bucks go yeah 
it only had composite and RF on it. Uh, and I was like, oh, maybe I could RGB mod this thing. Yeah. And and that evening I found out I had COVID. So I spent the next five days holed up in this office, sleeping on an air mattress. So and, crazy. And reading technical documentation about this CRT. Like, like a lot i was doing a lot of research on this thing come well, to I was realize say, you hyper focus anyway so hyper focusing yeah. when you're sick oh man brutal so well, i uh i i it, it, i came to find out that like it's it wasn't going to be possible basically the way that a oh, really? rgb mod oh. yeah the, basically the way it works is an rgb mod is is that there are two chips that that you need to like get in between to rgb to mod so yeah yeah so so <clears throat> so all crts accept uh rgb signals into yeah. their uh electron gun because the electron gun basically is is got an r and a g and a b gun and it just shoots those three colors at the screen and so it just and shoots it. what those and that's what it does yeah um you gotta like do some processing to a signal in order to like send it the right uh, strength of R, G, and B signals uh, to tell it what to do. But that's essentially what happens is you're sending it a red, a green, and a blue signal into the gun to get it to fire at the right spots. I'm way oversimplifying, but that's the gist. So there's a chip when you give it a video signal, like RF or composite or S video. Um, there's a chip on there called the jungle chip and it does, it's responsible for like all of the video processing. And then it spits out an RGB signal in the proper values that goes to the neck board and into the electron gun. Uh, in order to show you like the menus on the screen called an OSD and screen display, uh, that is handled by a different chip usually. And it spits out the OSD image signal in rgb values to put into the jungle chip to process it with any other video signals and then out to the electron gun so if you wow. want to add rgb to a crt what you do is you find where the on-screen display is being processed and sending out to the jungle chip and you just you just put in your rgb signal <laughs> instead of the osd yeah, and and it will let you 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 can, it's called gun. mux yeah it's called muxing so what yeah, you do muxing. is you just totally. you just inject your RGB signal into yeah. the OSD and it combines it with the OSD and then uh, that way you can still have your OSD and the RGB signal in and then it goes into the jungle chip the jungle chip massages it for the way the electron gun needs it and then sends it out to the electron gun. Unfortunately, this one I got this garage sale had a single chip in it that uh, processed all of the OSD and the jungle everything. chip functions, everything on a single chip. Chip. Oh. And the, it had a uh, uh, it had a service menu that I could enable functions on it that weren't enabled before. Unfortunately, it would not let me enable component video which this chassis is compatible with <coughs> um, and that chip actually is compatible with component yuv which is uh 
which is basically RGB, except for that it's got the sync information. So RGB typically has RGB and sync information. Uh, and the sync information isn't very much. It's basically just like a, a repeating pattern so that it knows when the signal starts and stops and where, gotcha. where the top. It basically tells it where the top of the image is so right. that it knows where to start drawing the line so it doesn't like show up halfway th in the middle of the screen. Gotcha. Uh, component or YUV uh, includes that sync information on the green. And so it's, it's just got one less pin this chip had empty headers for yuv but because i couldn't enable it in the firmware i couldn't actually add the like i could add those signals and i tried did you I could add those i did I, I tried to add those signals into the thing i also tried to add s video because there, no there was there was there's no s video on this thing but there was component or sorry, there was composite, and there was an empty header for uh, Luma and Chroma that I could wow. do. So yeah. it was just taking, it was just taking. I think the Luma one, it was just taking composite on that. But if you gave yeah. it Luma separately and and only gave it Chroma on the other one, then it would do S video, or so I thought. Yeah. Anyway, I tried to do that. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, and I was just going, I was not going by the book because this is not how it's supposed to go. Anyway, I, uh, fried the motherboard No. in that CRT. No. Technically, technically it's still got a good tube, but, but I, I totally, them. I totally fried the, the deflection but board is what it's how called. Did you, so how did you fry it? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think I might have had the wrong pin, uh, uh, or like maybe I was getting too much voltage, uh, sure. and I should should have I should have put resistors in line. But I didn't think so because I went all the way to the end of one, and I followed the one pin. I think I just I must have put it in the wrong spot because uh, because not only did I fry the board, wow. I, also killed the chroma value coming out of my Wii. No. Like, yeah, the chroma signal on my Wii is shot. Wow. So I I think I when I was testing to try and get the S video signal in. Yeah. I think I think I I I connected it to the wrong spot. And, and they just like, boom on both of them. Yeah, which it wasn't oh. it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like it was like a little bit of a sizzle on the CRT and the Wii. <laughs> I didn't even notice until I tried yeah. to plug it in back to component today. And it was like the colors were bad. And I was like, what the heck? So I grabbed a, a different Wii. Plugged yeah, I was going to say, I thought you had a couple of Wiis. Yeah, I got a couple of Wiis. And so I got a different Wii and that other Wii works just fine. So uh. it's it's my main Wii. Is uh, I killed the chroma on it, which is a bummer. But... I learned a lesson. <clears throat> There's a yeah. guy on on, on OfferUp nearby who's trying to sell this same chassis, but it has S video and multiple composite inputs on it. He's trying to sell it for like ninety dollars. Wow! And I was like, well, that would be a pretty good thing to have around because one, the the deflection board on it's got more options. It still yeah. doesn't have component, but it's it's got more options. Yeah, especially with S video and everything. I mean, yeah, it, it S video, which would be which is good enough. Yeah, yeah. And 
I have a spare tube. It, the tube, I could slot the tube in and out, and it would be identical. Yeah. So I could run that thing. Like his the biggest thing, everything workhorse. works on his, right? It's it's yeah. all good. Well, actually, his his speakers are bad, but that's okay because oh, yeah. what I, what I could do, honestly, what I would have done is if I do it, which I, I don't think I will. Uh, oh. If I do it, is I would just take his deflection board out because that would be the easiest thing to do. Totally. And I would put it in my chassis and just nice. drill holes for the S video <laughs> on the back sure. of the of the case. Yeah, because you're not going to see that anyway. Who cares? Right. And then and then I would just have the new deflection board with my existing tube. And then yeah. I would just have a backup tube. And and that would be easier to get my working speakers in than his than yeah. replace his bad speaker. But uh, Yeah, I agree, actually. <clears throat> he wanted it for like $90. I told him yeah. I'd give him 30 And he was like, nah, I'll do 60 And I was like... Nah, man, it's it's fine. This is really not worth that much to me. It can't be RGB modded, which is what I really want to do. Is I just want to do an RGB mod. Yeah, it, it's the experience, absolutely. Yeah, I can totally see that. And yeah. and so I was like, I'll take it for thirty, but it, because I I do have a use for it, but like I don't actually need it. So yeah, ninety. If I can't pretty- RGB mod it. Yeah, there was this one. Oh, man, there was this one that was I was looking around today because I was like, oh, I should just replace this thing that I broke because yeah. I want to do the project. You do. Yeah. Uh, and I was willing to spend some money to do it, but not there was one that was this this, this JVC that was like 13 inches. That was like, Ooh, wow, perfect. I looked up the schematics for it. It was a perfect RGB mod candidate. But one, it was already sold, and two, the guy wanted one hundred and fifteen dollars for it, and I was like, after wow. he said it was already sold, I was like, did you sell it for that much? And he was like, oh yeah, they're going, really? they're going quick. And I was like, this thing only has mono audio and composite in. Wow. Who's buying these for that much? Yeah. Although uh, I will say, I had a JVC tube, and oh, JVC or, is incredible. It was, it was an awesome TV. It really was, but. I have I have two JVC TVs in my office. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. So you know. Well, so well, thing. I have I have one TV and one PVM. But mm. JVC is great. JVC they has are. really good stuff. Honestly. Yeah. So the brand name that gets but the most money. One hundred fifteen bucks. Wow. One hundred fifteen bucks for a thirty-year-old TV is not with mono no. audio. With mono audio, and did it, it had S video, right? But no, uh, no, it com- composite only. Oh, that's right. But Man, it would have been it would have been perfect to RGB mod. That's all I wanted to do was RGB mod. That's it. such a bummer. Oh, I don't man. even really want it to keep it. I just want to do the RGB mod. Totally. Yeah. I I I want to hear about your experience about doing the RGB mod. So now you've yeah. got me wanting to invest. I'm like, well, if, if you I do mean, one and you want to sell it, you could sell it to me. But, uh, you know, especially if it's, if it's, you know, that's what I was going to say about, you know, uh, when you're out hunting for some of these TVs, uh, is if you find one that's around, you know, 10 inches, 13 inches, you know, that I, I would probably make space for that. You've seen my apartment. I don't have space anywhere, but I would make space for that. So if you find one, a lot of the consumer ones, the one you have, the one, the PVM I gave you is 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 long it's deep it's deep 
and I, I uh, love the size so much. I yeah. mean, the screen size. It's just yeah, it's great. It really uh, is. The I think thirteen. What I I rearranged some stuff in my office. I now moved my my thirteen inch PVM to my. Oh, desk. you did. Yeah, and I actually put the eight inch one that's the brother to yours in my yeah. closet for now. What? Because it's because like I don't really have a good spot for it right now. It's it's just for now. It's just for now. Chill. <laughs> I just it, yeah, I'm just a little heartbroken. Know, you know. know. Do you have the eight? What is it? It's like the high density version. Or? Yeah, it's the exact same as yours, but it's got a higher. Uh, it's got a higher line, line, count. line count on the screen, so it's just yeah. it looks a little bit crisper. And actually, in some ways, that's not a negative. Yeah, it's 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 technically not a negative, but like it it uh it doesn't look as retro uh, as yours well and i was gonna say you had both of them and you could compare them side yeah. by side so i i'm gonna take your word for it and and honestly yeah when it comes to the line count and the size of the screen uh what did you what's the line what's the screen size nine inches yeah i think it's technically nine inches but eight inches viewable yeah, eight inches viewable, and I would agree with that. Uh, the line count is great. I mean, it just yeah. like you said, it looks retro, feels retro. And yeah. So yours is two fifty, mine is four fifty. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yours looks retro. Mine looks great. Sure, four fifty line count for a, that's but high. It, but mean, it it looks a little too good sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's 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 great. Uh, yeah, I think my JVC. I had a I had a higher line count JVC for my Laserdisc player, which that you know, if if you think I'm nuts about collecting records, wait till you you know, Laserdiscs were like, oh man, they were so great. Uh, Laserdisc is cool. They really were, and. Uh, uh, oh, you know, the video quality was so ahead of its time. And it was like, uh, but once again, if you could do S video out yeah. to a higher line count and oh, I just looked so good. It was awesome. So on my desk is a JVC PVM. It is 13 inches. Wow. And it is a... I think 750 line count. 750? Wow. At 13 inches. So it is it is the highest resolution that I have ever seen. I was going to say, I have never seen a 750 period. I mean, that's... Yeah. I think, I think that there are like 800 is there? to 900 ones that are wow. like Trinitrons. Technically, like the way uh, the dot pitch works, it's like... It's different, but yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying, though. <clears throat> but yeah, they're like 800, 900 on the, uh, I think some Trinitrons really? could get a little wow. bit better than this uh, at the, the same sizes. And, That's amazing. But honestly, the 750 is, it's incredible. Uh, but it only <laughs> does, it only does S-Video in and uh, RGB modding on it requires adding like a, like a, arduino into it and i'm like no wow. no thank yeah. you yeah the point you're adding a pcb into yes. the thing is like where i'm like that's not good uh, see that's what scares me is when you're adding adrenos or pi picos <laughs> into 
to detect it's so old because it's like oh if i'm just if i'm literally just putting like like a like a video signal into the existing pcb exactly that's one thing if i'm just soldering to some empty headers or maybe even i'm soldering to some pins on on uh, uh through some vias like that's one thing if i'm adding a whole new layer of computer to it that's yes. where it becomes not worth it in my opinion so I, dangerous and and i wonder the authenticity personally but yeah that's a whole other but uh but. but due to this so this thing only does s video but i've i've really found that i think that the biggest possible video leap you can do in analog video is from composite to s video yeah i think that is the biggest single leap that there ever was in which is funny because composite and s video are like the same thing yeah it's just that they split the chroma and luma signals into two separate pins right uh rather than combining them but that does a million times more to the signal than splitting chroma into three signals the three signals yeah because because that's basically what component which is the next one up component is splitting the red and blue chroma signals out from the single combined chroma of s video that's right that's right. And they're processed in a different way, so it's not that simple, but that's basically what happens is that you've got Luma and sync information combined on the green. And and then you've got uh, basically all of that minus red and all of that minus blue, and then it processes it together into a single image as RGB. Um, and then RGB is even more. You've separated the sync, you've separated the, the Luma, you've separated the green, red, and blue values. And uh, so there's a couple of different combinations of the sync and the Luma and stuff, but that's that's the gist of it. Um, but all of those are just like minimal increases of of the same core principles. But separating your color information from your black and white signal is like a huge increase in quality. So I'm I'm happy with the S video on this thing. It looks. I, I, yeah way better than you could possibly imagine uh from as video than you like it's i'm blown away every day every time i turn it on like this is an s video signal i went and picked up a bunch of s video extra s video cables because i've got all these different ways to plug them in to all the different devices from the electronics store when i was picking up for that mod that i failed uh (laughs) <laughs> he had like a bin of S video cables and they were like labeled as like $5 and then they scratched it out and they're like $3 and they scratched that out and they were like buck a piece. Wow. And I brought five up to the counter and he was like, look, man, I'm just trying to get rid of these. I'm going to give you all five of these for three bucks. And I was like, wow. all right, sure. Again, I'm amazed. <clears throat> at the deals. It's crazy. <laughs> we have one electronics shop in town and left. That's like, not like, you know, Best Buy. Uh, which is not really an electronic store anymore. Yeah, totally. The fact that they sell, they had those cables and they were just trying to get rid of them. That's fantastic. This place is the place you go. If you're like, Oh, I need, I need a couple of switches. I need a couple, like I've got here, like I've got like a little boxed, literally a switch that, you know, connects. It's a 
it's a mountable switch so that I can wire stuff up into it. And, uh, did you just buy it to have it on hand or do you have a it, purpose for that? Switch? It, well, it's for the RGB mod. Oh, uh, cause, gotcha. cause, cause you can, you can, you can switch the, it off and on. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's Cause, cool. Cause that's how you hijack the signal. Once you hit the on switch, then it starts injecting the RGB. Oh, that's so <clears> cool. I, once again, I hope you get to do this. And find yeah, I'm gonna, I think. Yeah. The, the other thing is, like, I'm just, I'm not, like, aggressively hunting it down, but, I, you know, I'm gonna be trying to hit garage sales up. I was gonna say, deals and... find you, so if you just keep going <laughs> and doing your thing, I have no doubt you're gonna find it. Especially, like you said, hit up the garage sales, and, uh, and I, I really am glad that you brought up SVHS, because... I was such a huge fan of it, even in the you know late '80s to '90s when I got into laserdisc players and and even. I gotta say, you used to tell me you've told me before you're a big fan of S Video, and I thought, yeah. man, who could be a fan of S Video? But I'm a believer. You are I'm a believer now. I'm, you are a full on convert, and I'm just I'm stoked about that because, yeah, I mean, you know, I remember when you know even when I got the. Uh, the monitor from you, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm going to use the S video, you know, just because that's what I know. Uh, uh, I do have some questions about that, but we can do yeah. that after. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just remember visually the difference for me, you know, and I just was like this. And like you said, this is going from what's the single one again called composite composite you know going from composite to s video was such a big jump and i i remember my friend he his dad owned one of our electronic shops mm -hmm. in uh in small town idaho and uh i wish it was still open i'd give him a shout out but uh uh yeah it was it was a repair shop it was a you know he sold sony products mostly but he always had the latest and greatest at home. So he had this great, you know, Sony uh, TV and Laserdisc player. And I remember when he went to S video on that thing and it was just like, now I get why Laserdisc players are so cool. You know, the, the, the color, the resolution, everything, it just looks so good. And uh, yeah, there's like, I'm a like component and RGB, like, uh, Aside from the like simplicity, so the reason the RGB modding is so popular is that basically you can RGB mod like <clears throat> any old console, bunch of a bunch of them are like, uh, like by default were compatible with RGB. Um, like the, the Sega Genesis just like is RGB, it's DIM yeah. connector, you can just plug the right pins in the right spot and it's RGB. Um, wow. So RGB modding is like easy, like it basically cuts out a lot of the middle processing, which didn't add latency, but it did add unnecessary layers to the signal. And so that's, that's why it's popular is because it's like, well, it's easy to do and it can make it more compatible with more things at a higher quality. So it's just like the most compatible, but ultimately like... <clears throat> From S video, it only means the colors get a little, like, almost imperceptibly more vibrant, mm. and 
but S video, the, the signals, uh, clarity is already really good. Yeah. And, uh, and that clarity and colors are better really too. really showed up on like laser discs and things like yeah. that. Oh yeah. yeah. It was like, ah, so, got it. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, my main thing is like, I'm just, I'm just going to be out there looking for two things. I want to look for, uh, CRTs that are cool. There was yeah. this one, there's the, the rich people neighborhood in our town, you know, you know, the ones, right. Yeah. The gated communities. Exactly. Every year they do like a, they like do a like, joint one like, or a, whatever. like a large, like they advertise it. It's like, this is the day that we do our big garage sale in this neighborhood. Oh, and that's fun. Uh, last year we went and there was this CRT back in the back corner, this old lady, I'm pretty sure she lived alone had this little CRT and it was just kind of cool looking. And I was like, nah, I shouldn't. I think she maybe wanted 20 bucks for it, which, oh, man. which is like a little bit high. Yeah. But today I would drop that 20 bucks on. I think no problem. Like I, my, my the, say, the last year's yeah. worth of, of appreciation for CRTs has really skyrocketed. It really has. <clears throat> And, and I would, I would pick that thing up. So if I go again this year, I'm going to be, I'm going to like go straight there and be like, I want this. I don't even, I think it's RF only. I think I looked at it and it was RF only, which, which is, it is possible to composite mod. Really? RF only. Yeah. So I, depending on it, I, 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 I would just have, I would be fine with just having it just for the sake of it being like this cool. It was a tiny little thing, but it was kind of cool. But I also would look into composite modding it. Yeah. uh, Oh, man. Just to get something in. Uh, And I was going to say, you know, the last year that I've known you, you know, you've gone from, I'm a fan of CRT to, and and I'm telling you this for reals right now, folks. He's wearing a CRT T-shirt right That's now true. as I we're am. talking, and it's, it's a great technically t-shirt. it's a PVM shirt, but yeah. See, and of course it is, and of course you would correct me, but it is. And you're <laughs> right; it is a PVM. It's got the whole layout on the bottom. Right, so the, it's point. the buttons on the bottom, yeah. really, and the, and it's got the tag light on the top. Oh, it does. The, so, Man, that yeah. looks wow. That is, yeah, that's really cool. How did uh, uh, how did you come about getting this shirt? I bought it from Retro Tech on YouTube. Nice. Uh, that, is, that is great. And actually, I've worn it so much that this this uh, silk screen is starting to come off. So I need to Not get a good. new one. No. Yes, you that's... should. I was going to say you should get a new one. Uh, if there's anybody that should be wearing that shirt, it's you. And uh, <laughs> but I've watched your excitement and and you know having grown up with CRTs and my knowledge has expanded like threefold just from talking to you, you know? (laughs) Uh, And I thought I knew, you know, and I, and, and one thing I need to correct myself on is I always say SVHS and that's because there was, but a JVC, I think JVC came out with a super VHS. uh, And I own like five of those, I mean, in my lifetime. And sadly I don't own any of them, but uh, the super VHS you know, like double the VHS resolution. And if you use the S video out on it, uh, you know, it was huge. And so like I was making S video copies of laser discs 
on that thing. Like, cause you could, there was a store in small town, Idaho that rented laser discs. It was amazing. And, uh, so, you know, if I couldn't afford to buy the laser disc, I would just go rent it and make copy to SVHS. And it was just fantastic. It wasn't as good. It still wasn't high as, uh, uh, as a laser disc resolution was, if I remember correctly, but, uh, so in my mind, uh, sentimental wise, I think I get SVHS and S video, uh, those combined because of the, the super VHS players and recorders, they were so great. Uh, and, and yeah, JVC pushed super hard. And by this time, unfortunately, VHS was on its way out, I think, or, you know, it, VHS video recorder home machines were so dirt cheap by this time. People weren't paying for a premium, you know, for the bigger, nicer systems. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, what does Google show? Well, so I was going to say, I thought that the Wikipedia article for S Video would explain why it's a, a, a SVHS. So. S-Video was introduced with JVC's SVHS format in 1987. That's yeah. all it says about it. Uh, okay. But... Um, and that's, once again, that's really where, yeah, where uh, that became a thing for me. You know, it was like, oh, that video quality is so great, you know. And then LaserDisc started having S-Video out. And yeah, SVHS looks huge. to be like it's basically just a fancy vhs like a higher density oh yeah if you bought one you could easily if you didn't see the svhs symbol on the front you would just think it's a vcr because you could even the some of the newer at first you had to buy like svhs tapes uh but the newer ones you could just use regular vhs tapes and still record on the higher would resolution you, would it just be uh, like a shorter amount of time you know, it's what's weird is it was the same amount of time. Uh, it had degraded found quality. A way to fit it. The quality was pretty great, but here's the thing: is that the SVHS tapes were uh, much better quality uh, of a of a recording tape. So honestly, I usually bought SVHS tapes, but they were a lot more expensive. So. It was kind of nice that you could record S video. Uh, the quality. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, what is the what is the uh, downside of using a regular VHS tape? The only downside is that uh, if you were to replay it uh, VHS, just like a regular VHS, if you replay it a lot, the quality start the video quality can start getting messed up. Right, uh, it's not as good. You know, the tracking goes off. Uh, so the higher quality uh, tapes lasted longer. That was oh, really okay. the only benefit. The, beyond that, once they came out with those newer ones that could record to uh, regular VHS tapes, that was the only benefit. So really, and then, and then yeah, then it would just it it split the signal into yeah. Luma and Chroma, and that that was better. And it could fit it on the tape at the same amount of time. So yeah, no difference there. You know. And, you know, most VHS tapes were 120 minutes and then, or you could do the different speeds, but, you know, especially if you're doing like Laserdisc recordings or something, you know, you wanted the, the full high quality SP slow play, I think, or yeah, I think it was SP with slow play, I think. 
But that doesn't make sense because SP was the fastest play. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, we, we've gone down. Yeah, so, so JVC introduced a product called SVHS, which is basically like a fancy VHS recorder and tape. Yep. Uh, and it had uh, S video yeah. inputs as its, you know, higher resolution recording right. method. Uh, and out. And yeah, it, it sent the signal out via S video, which yep. S video is the actual format that the, the video signal is. The the what I was gonna say though is this the documentation on this Philips is it was it was using internally SVHS as the mm-hmm. S video signal, and I think it, for a while they called it SVHS, and I think that that's where my mind is melding those two. Yeah, maybe. Does uh, it on that? It it doesn't, but uh, honestly, it's kind of light on the. Uh, uh, it it just says that S video is introduced with SVHS, and that's probably the confusion for me is that. Yeah, it was synonymous with that unit, you know. But and yeah, yeah you're right. And, and you're right. Once Laserdisc adopted it, they just referred to it as a S video, I think. So yeah, you're yeah. right. It's it's possible that this is not there's not documentation about what the naming convention was back then because yeah. it's not. Did did as far as I know though. Was there any video game system that had S video out? Yes, do you have that? Or uh, so uh, yes. So the actually, uh, basically everything had S video out. Um, Explain. Well, so the like for the, example the like the Sega Genesis. I don't remember that one having S video out. So the Sega Genesis definitely did have S video out because. Really? Wow. It used a DIN connector. That it wasn't the four-pin S video DIN connector, the mini DIN, ah. but it, it was like an eight or nine-pin DIN connector on the back of the Sega Genesis. That's and right. So if you right. if you had an adapter, it would just do it straight to S video. Oh. Yeah. Um. And the uh, the yeah, I definitely didn't the have multi AV connector that that the, the, the uh, NES, SNES, N64, and GameCube all have does S video. So you can pl- take the wow. same cable from a GameCube to an N64 to an SNES, and I think even an NES, and it'll do S video. That's amazing. I had no clue because yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, NES, SNES, and, yeah, and the- Sega Genesis, those were all, you know. Uh, the composite connector for me, unfortunately. And I bought a PS3 S video cable. Ooh. I think it was PS3. But anyway, that same cable, because PlayStation, like Nintendo, used the same multi-AV cable port on the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3. And so that same S video cable works on all my PlayStations, 1, 2, and 3. That's awesome. Um and I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Dreamcast supported it. Uh, Xbox supported the original Xbox supported us. Yeah, that one I did not own, so that one I definitely didn't know. But you're right the about original, the, Dreamcast. the original Xbox. I had to buy an adapter. It, the original you? Xbox has like a big multi AV port on it, yeah. and then it comes out into a breakout box. And there's an S video breakout box, and Ooh. there's a the component breakout box. The component wow. one 
is expensive. Is it? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I didn't get it. <laughs> what oh, you can do, yeah. though, and I'm not going to because I don't care that much, is you can actually take an uh, Xbox 360's component cable they came like in the box with, and you can cut that and rewire it to an original Xbox's adapter. Oh, to the to the same plug, and it right. will will fit. And as long as you've wired the pins up right, it'll do component. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say I for my. You know the the amount I would play on that system, I probably would just stick with that video and call it good. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm doing. Is I'm sticking with that video. Yeah. But I still, I'm really excited. I hope the rest of the summer gives you the opportunity to find that. Uh, uh, yeah, so I want an RGB mod project, and I want yeah. anything that's like a cool small CRT that you know, because it's not a burden to have around because it's small. Those are my two kind of CRT goals. Yeah. Uh, I. I, and then, and then I, I mostly go garage sailing to see if there's any old video games that are worth anything at all. Sure. The, the rich people neighborhood, there was literally one house that had any video games at all, and it was a bunch of old golfing video games for PS2. No. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good, man. No. This uh, dude I was like a doctor, and he just like had a bunch of golf clubs and then like a stack of PlayStation golf 2 games. golf games. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I... I mean, there there have been some fun golf games. I'm not a golfer, but I've never, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever seen a golf game of any value, you know, resale value. So you, I think you probably do. Uh, Mario Golf. Okay. <laughs> All right. But like, yeah, yeah. Golden Tee, you know, like the arcade, right. the Golden Tees, those are, those are all right. But, uh, sure. but yeah, we're talking like a Tiger Woods PGA Tour 06. Like, I'm not really that interested. No. And nor is, I think, again, the resale value for it. So probably, oh, not, yeah. you know. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, if I, I look the thing, there was a dude when I was garage sailing and picked up the CRT. There's this dude. I There's another CRT. And I was like, nah, this one looks even less worthwhile than the, the first one uh and the dude was like what are you looking for he was like 25 uh and his mom was running the sale and he was out there like also helping and uh and i was like look the thing i'm looking for is a gamecube and he's like nah nah i can't sell you my gamecube and i was like no i get it that's yeah. just what i'm looking for sure uh but yeah, yeah it, like the, the i'm out here looking for like gamecube gamecube games you know yeah. i i pick up a fat playstation 2 nice I, you know i would i'd pick up duplicates of things i have that's what i was gonna say is you know be on the lookout for you know if you find a, a gamecube for a good price and you know yeah i think i think i think a reasonable price for a gamecube at a garage sale would be 50 bucks yeah Totally. Uh, I would probably not go higher than that, but I would definitely go lower than that. Uh, yeah. Especially, like, a lot of people don't really realize the differences and stuff. Like, I yeah. would pay more for a GameCube that has the right plugs on it. Because, like, there are two models of GameCube. There's actually, like, two and a half models of GameCube. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And the first models have a plug on the back that later models didn't have. 
and then there are plugs on the bottom, like where the Game Boy player goes and the broadband adapter goes. There's a third one that was never used, and really? it's used. It is used for mods, nice. uh, but not all GameCubes of the first revision have that port and none of the game cubes of the second revision have it. So, uh, it's and what's the one that you own now currently? Well, I have to pick it up tomorrow, but it definitely has, it's definitely the first model. It's got the plug on the back that I want. Nice. I don't know for sure if it's got the one on the bottom, but I think the odds are pretty good. Sweet. So, uh, well, I hope it is. I mean, that would be awesome. Like you said, if you yeah. Get that, so the then, thing, uh, the thing is, is if it's missing on the bottom, uh, the headers for it inside on the motherboard are actually still there. Wow. So I could just make my own. So you know, I looked at a GameCube tear apart, and it looks pretty painful. Uh, to get is it okay to easy to get to the motherboard from the bottom yeah, should be pretty easy wow. so i mean to go well, all the way than I am, but. yeah the, the the so there's this you know like the raspberry pi pico you're about yeah. this i've got one of them right here you do yeah it's just a little 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 guy you know, he's yeah got like i mean they those are like 133 megahertz little baby computers yeah yep wow i got a little little baby computer they just did you see they just added the new one that has the with wireless the wi-fi yeah. yeah i'm not gonna use that one but because uh, yeah, this one I, I bought yeah. it right like the day before they announced the wireless one of course but still you know but, a lot of those are being used for mods i've seen oh yeah a ton of them. so crazy. so what i'm gonna do with this one is it's a new uh mod for the gamecube that basically you just wire this uh up in the right spot to the uh to the bootloader chip and it injects before the bootloader loads it injects a separate bootloader like it intercepts wow. it and uh so you can load homebrew firmware from oh, a different spot I because it's got a different totally bootloader. saw this this looks yeah. amazing i mean it's got a menu system and everything right well oh, so so the 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 raspberry pi pico doesn't have a menu system it literally is just gonna inject a different bootloader and say look somewhere else for yeah. the uh for like the os right for the, the os the, yeah and uh and so what you could do is you can either use a memory card adapter that goes to an SD card and that's where it can load the OS that it's looking for the alternate OS nice. or uh, that port on the bottom I was talking about. You can get an SD card adapter for that port on the bottom wow. and it can point to that instead. So uh, all, you, all I got to do is I'm waiting for the uh, PCB that goes into that and does the SD card adapter to that port on the bottom, the serial port. And, uh, and yeah, it's a super easy mod. It looks like, so I'm going to do wow. that. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, have, uh, have a great moddable, uh, GameCube. The thing that I, I want though, whenever I do any mod is that I want it to be as stock as possible. Yeah. The thing I don't want to lose on the GameCube is it's absolutely iconic startup 
thing, right? Yes. I want to be able to be like, don't oh, load, man. don't load the mods, like skip the mods if possible. And uh, so you can do that. All you have to do is basically you can assign different uh, OSs. OS isn't the right word for it, but you can assign different OSs to different buttons on the GameCube controller. Oh. And so it, what it does when it boots is it checks what a bu- what button is pressed, and then it and then it tells it what uh, OS to load. And so if you don't assign a button uh, to the default GameCube OS, then it will boot that one by default. And then if you boot, if you install the alternate one to a different button, then if yeah. say I want the I want the mod OS, you could just hold the B button down or something, and it would yep. boot that alternate. Exactly. Oh. So realize <laughs> this is making me one want you to find one and buy me one. Yeah. You mod it for me and pay yeah. you for it. I hope you. I would that. happily I would happily mod a GameCube for you. Uh, oh man! If I, I find another GameCube. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know, and I'll talk to and I'll you know I'll be on the lookout too because like I yeah. said. If my nephews still have theirs and they're willing to sell it, uh, it's technically oh, yeah. mine, but I'll buy it back from them, I sure. guess. But it, it would be worth it, like I said. So If you've got uh, those, you said you had the component cables too? I, I did. Because you, I could mean, only get, you could only order those online. So yeah, it was which... like, I mean, we bought, I bought it because I had a early, uh, lcd tv it was it yeah. was oh and i mean it was terrible honestly <laughs> oh yeah compared to today yeah today oh man okay so know? what yeah what you need to do is you need to reach out to your nephews and ask if they still got that gamecube still got it's that component cable. cable yeah oh. uh because because that component cable look look i i don't want it well yeah. i kind of i do but you should keep <laughs> it is what oh, i'm saying i would probably just give it to you just and, so you would mod my unit it would be worth it but yeah get your gamecube we'll mod it and then what you need to do is is uh plug it into your crt oh i know with that, compo- get, with that component oh, cable that oh man see what yeah. i'm saying yes i now yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. You just need you just need some BNC adapters, which I've got. I can they're like five bucks on Amazon. I'll bring some with me, and and when I do, when we complete the mod, and we'll just uh, yeah, that's what you need to do. That's genius. That is genius. So, uh, because that would be that would be quite the experience. Oh, it would. I totally agree. Wow, you got me just yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because I'm gonna have to settle for S video, which is good. It is. Yeah. Uh, I but will totally still, be rolling a GameCube on my desk when it, when I get this thing. I'm gonna be. Oh, you absolutely should. I mean, yeah. that's gonna be amazing. So. And I mean, that's the other thing I love about the GameCube is that that dumb cube is so iconic. I mean, it just it's, it's great. It was so much I fun. Mean, it was, and it was, it was. I mean, it was, it was small. It was cute. The even the eject button, the way it worked, and the the lid popped up, <clears throat> put the disc in, and those little tiny, cute little discs that yeah. you know, it just it's it's ridiculous. But I just loved it, and and even when you added the the you know like the for the, the Game, Game Boy, Boy player, Advanced, the plug-in, yeah. uh, I bought one of those on eBay. It's sitting over on a shelf over here because oh, I wanted I to use it with the GameCube. The problem absolutely. is. 
the problem is that uh, I need the the mod because I yeah. didn't buy the disc. The disc is like a hundred dollars. Uh, the 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 Game Boy Player hardware is like thirty bucks. The the but the disc the, to boot the it. The disc is to yeah is like a the official disc is like a hundred dollars. Wow, I mean, I I had all of this. I mean, I had yeah. this. I mean. Uh, there's a guy on OfferUp I saw today. He's got sealed GameCube controllers, sealed memory cards, oh, sealed Game Boy players, which means it's got the disc. Those Game Boy players sealed are oh. probably worth $400, $500. Like, yeah. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah, because like used, oh. they're $130. Yeah. Oh. So, that's... yeah. And he had multiples. Oh, man. I want. I... Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I regret I don't know Nintendo who that is, but I already hate yeah. them. Nintendo yeah. sold. I have one of each when they re when they released the uh, Smash Ultimate or sorry, uh, Smash Four for Wii U. They also sold GameCube controllers again for that. And then when they did it for Smash Ultimate again, I bought <laughs> one. I bought oh. one of each. I should have bought like four of yes. each. It's Just so, so I'd have an endless supply of GameCube controllers. Yes. Oh man, and and people burn through those because they're playing Smash. Smash, so much. yeah. Oh, I don't man. even. I didn't even play Smash with them very much. I just had them. Yeah. 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 I I know my nephews bought it, and and played it, but I I never did. Well, I played against them and just lost really quick. Wow. So you know, it was just really. You know, I play Samus, and just. I don't, how old are your nephews? Uh, well, this is what's crazy. So now my nephews right now are 21 and 18. Okay. So they're okay. they're older. But, you know, when I started... I was going to say, because if you want somebody to put them in their place in Smash... Oh, yeah. I totally. You know, I got to hook up with them because cause I, I'm pretty sure that I could put them in their place in Smash. I think you could. And it, that would be I, great. That would be really <laughs> awesome. I would love I, to see them. Uh, I'm just, not like that good at Smash, but like but because are, because I have this nonprofit with kids who are really into it. Like I yeah. played a lot of Smash with some kids who were really good at it, and I they were better than me. But I was pretty good. And and, so, and you improved because you were playing against those type. Oh yeah, no. Right? Like if I could, if, I mean? if if your nephews are just some schmucks that have played yeah. together, like I'm better than them. I could yeah. I could beat them. Yeah, I think you could. Oh, yeah. that would be amazing. I would love that. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. They're they're. I mean, when I started at our workplace, you know, they were like, gosh, you know, they were like six and eight years old, you know, kind of thing. And now they're yeah. just way older, you know. Uh, just amazes me, but anyway. So yeah, well, yeah, we're, uh, we're kind of at two hours and ten really, minutes. I yeah, that's all right. Minutes. That's all right. We'll we we'll get. just it's it's uh you know we just we're catching up. People get to enjoy the summer. This is summer vacation, baby. It is. This is summer vacation. Next next time, yeah. next episode, we will return to your regular your regularly scheduled topic. Format. Yes. format <laughs> yep. uh but uh this week i just wanted to catch up and oh, chat too. about retro games you know oh so, yeah absolutely uh ooh, i've got this so this is wario land i've got i pulled 
earlier yep. during our conversation. Uh, some dude on the Discord for the Analog Pocket uh, was like, hey, I've got this Wario Land that doesn't work. Do you want it? And I was like, sure. Wow. Uh, so he said he mailed it to me. I paid him like six bucks for shipping or whatever. Sure. And uh, he, he asked, hey, did you ever get it? Uh, he sent it to me like around Christmas. And wow. uh, I got it and I was like, yeah, I kind of cleaned it off. I looked around, couldn't really tell if there was anything wrong with it. And I just didn't, I put it aside for a while. Yeah. And then uh, the other day I pulled it out, looked at it again. And I was like, you know what? I think I know what's wrong with this. I think that the ROM chip, because I even said in my messages to him, I was like, you know what? It's weird. It's like, because the Nintendo logo loads, but then the game just never shows up. It's like the ROM isn't like it can't get to the rom wow so it actually does the little boot screen of the nintendo yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. so like the check is good yeah it's the just check that is it, good. it's just that it couldn't load the game rom off of yeah. the rom chip right. the read only memory chip was literally not readable uh Weird. so knowing that and like looking at it i was like there are some pins on the rom that I think are just broken from the PCB. And so if I just if I just heat up a soldering iron and just reflow those pins, it was like three of them wow. all next to each other, it would work again. And so one shot, literally, I heated up the soldering iron, reflowed them just a little bit. I didn't even add new solder. I just, re wow. just reflowed just them a little bit. Them and just yep. let them go. Yeah. <clears throat> Restuck them to the PCB. And uh, threw it in my analog pocket and booted right up. Wow. It was, it was a flawless repair. Uh, and so, yeah, I got a, I got a $6 Wario Land. Um, yeah, Super Mario Land it. 3. But, uh, hey, that's I really mean, I had to cool. work. I had to work at it. But, yeah, so that was, that was another oh, thing I did. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, there it is. That is so, I mean, I, yeah. any game that you can, you know, especially a game a Game Boy or Game Boy Color game that you can save, man. Oh yeah, up. that is so cool. I love it. Uh, yeah. You know, we were talking about Pokemon, and uh, after I did uh, Greenleaf, uh, yeah. you mentioned the other one. I actually went back a little. I went back in time to uh, Gold. And oh yeah. Uh, oh. Did you ever play the DS versions of Gold and Silver? What were their names? Were they just they were gold heart and gold and soul heart silver. gold and yes, I and they did. Came with, yeah. They came with these little doodads. Yes, Poke Walkers. I have my Poke Walker. Yeah, and it I still have, works. You have I had to replace the battery. Uh, so I have. I have two. You do? Oh man, I'm actually jealous. Those things were so cool. They're really cool. Still, like I said, I still have my. One, and I have yeah. Dialga in it. I think right now. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, but it was uh, a, I had duplicated it with one of my game saves. So it was, oh, okay. a, you know, it was a, it was a cheat, really. Uh. So who do you have in yours? I, they're dead. Oh, they are. The, the batteries are dead. Yeah. Uh, I think if I if I threw a new battery in, I'd find out. I don't know. They're probably like a Vananat or something useless. But uh, and that's what. Yeah. Until I duplicated Yalga, uh, which is of course my favorite Pokemon. But you know what? Uh, if you're coming over soon, uh, 
if you want, bring them over and we can check. I've got a bunch of batteries. If you oh, I do too. I, I, oh, do I, you? Okay. Yeah, it's just, just a matter of effort. Yeah, well, it's a matter of effort and knowing that if I put a battery in it, it's basically just dooming that battery. Because it, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to check it for like a minute and then be like, yeah. all right, you back in the drawer, you go. And then it's just like that battery is just going to die for no reason. Well, and, and as we're talking about this, I'm like, I better dig mine out and see if mine even is still alive. Because you're right. I probably do. Oh, no, your battery's gone for sure. Yeah. But uh, the other day I found out, I mean, the other it was like a couple months ago, but uh, I found out like these things go for like $30 on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the game that they came with, uh, complete in box, which I've got, do you? those wow. go for those go for like 150 a pop. I've got both of them. Nice. I didn't realize that I was sitting on a gold mine over here. Yeah, I, I've got like, I've got the one that goes with my, you know, so I can do the rate. I think it again, it was infrared, wasn't it? That yeah. Used a little beamer. Yeah. I've got the game, uh, but I just had the game, you know, and then I've got the, and then I've got the walker uh, once again. So me and my nephews, when they got into Pokemon, we did this thing called Pokemon Day. And we would get together whenever a Pokemon game would be released because it would be just after both their birthdays. And so I would buy them the game and the guides. Uh, uh, I'd buy, and they would, it was so fun because they always picked the different ones. So like they, one would get gold, one would get silver. And then of course I had to try to decide which one I actually wanted. But uh, yeah, it was so fun. We did that for like three years where we did this Pokemon day. And cause like once a year game freak was like, releasing these either redos or new ones on you know on uh, the ds and uh yeah it was a blast I, but now yeah. i have a ton of guides and a, a bunch of those original ones that are Ooh. you know but i still hold them for sentimental value so oh yeah oh, and that, I, yeah that's it. the thing is like i'm like oh I've got, i'm sitting on a gold mine that i'm never gonna but i'm not gonna sell yeah, yeah exactly especially that infrared i mean that was so cool yeah. i mean it was old tech but to use that old tech on a tiny little cartridge and and then, hey, here's a pokey walker that if you walk around, you know, uh, you get basically tokens for gameplay, you know. That Do you remember so brilliant. the Game Boy Color has an infrared thing on the top of it? And I, yeah. there weren't very many games that used it. I was like, going to say, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, that would have been awesome if you could have exchanged like Pokemon, you know. Yeah. Via the problem that. Oh. was it was too much data for that kind of totally uh, in unstable transfer, right? Because there was well, no way even the Poke Walker you had to like align yeah. them and like yeah. you left them alone because they would get interrupted and like yeah. just to transfer a little bit of info down to that Poke Walker was enough. Apparently, there was a. Uh, a Mission Impossible game. Oh. Game Boy Color. And it used the infrared sensor. Uh, and what it would do is it would let you... Um, it was basically a programmable universal remote. It like had like a menu setting where you could go and, and be like, oh, this is a little gadget that I've got as a, as Tom Cruise or whatever. Yeah. And you could take your, your, you know, your, your TV remote <clears throat> and you'd tell it to like program it. And you'd point the button, and it would rem it would check out the flash in the IR. Wow! And and then you would go and you'd you'd assign it to a button on your Game Boy, and it would you'd push the button, and it would be able to repeat that action. Repeat the action of whatever 
uh-huh. infrared uh-huh. signal you and send then, it. And then you could control a TV yeah. with it as like a universal remote. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is kind of a fun little thing. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, infrared is a terrible technology to use for stuff like this, but it's sometimes kind of cool. Well, and it was. I mean, there was one thing I remember was that you could get these little keychain devices that basically would set off a whole bunch of different infrared signals of on off for TVs. Oh. And uh, I, I, I read about it somewhere. So it, I, this was definitely not an original idea by any means, but I would go in, I bought one for like 10 bucks on the internet, you know, and uh, oh, going into Best Buy and flipping off all their TVs at once was amazing. Oh. Bad. I mean, because you could literally just hit that button and just all the TVs, ding, 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 ding. You know, they started actually blocking their infrared signals because yeah. so many people were doing that type of stuff. That's but very funny. It was pretty great, actually. I have to say, it was it was kind of fun. A little devious. All right. Uh, well, yeah. that was that was good. I think uh, I think we'll wrap it up. I gotta go to bed. Uh, That's right. Get up early. Do yep. work. And then and then drive up to Portland to pick up. Uh, well, I gotta get a haircut. I'm gonna pick up uh, pick up a uh, GameCube. Bring you back your computer. You know, we got a whole. You're gonna do that list. T- tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah. Okay. What time do you think you'll be in my place? Like one or two, maybe. Okay, let's go for two. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll see if. <laughs> but just text me if you're going to be early. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll keep you updated on on what the plan is. I don't know. My haircut's at ten thirty, and oh, then wow. and then I'll stop at the the guy who's got the GameCube. Okay. Next, and then and then actually, here I'll, I'm going to stop this. <laughs> yeah, we, I'll I'll tell you about the details later. But uh, all right, so. Yeah, that was that was episode episode out of time summer vacation uh, yeah, of the Retro Resolution it. podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks as always, Matt, for joining me in this conversation. Yeah, and uh, we will see you next time. Next time, bye.